Ask Wildman, the weekly show from full-service digital agency Wildman Web Solutions, is ready to answer all of your questions about marketing, tech, and sales to grow your small business. Each week, the Wildman Web Solutions team tackles your questions and trending topics live. Learn strategies and tactics to take your small business to big revenue. The Ask Wildman show starts now. Good morning and ask, welcome to Ask Wildman. My name is Miles Bassett, CEO over at Wildman Web Solutions. Uh, this is a Q&A show for me and my team over here. Uh, we're here to answer any and all your questions about technology, marketing, business, or anything else you want to ask us about. Uh, we are here every Wednesday uh, at 11, so make sure to tune in and on our Facebook page. We'll be live streaming every Wednesday at 11 to answer your questions. As always, I have here with me my partner, Mike. Hello, Mike. How are you? Good morning, Miles. I am fantastic, but I'm getting better by the minute. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing good. I'm ready to get going with this. Yes, uh, yeah. Sorry, sorry, I was unavoidably detained there. <laughs> a little bit of technical issues to start off. It wouldn't be a good uh, live stream without a, a couple of tech challenges here at the very beginning. Yeah, so, man, I had to get my tea fired up, too. Of course, of course. Mm -hmm. Very important fuel, a lot of fuel for the talk. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So like I said, this is a Q&A show. So please throw your questions in the comments below. We'll get to them as they come in. Um, or you can email us your questions at askwildman at wildmanweb.com. Uh, we'll get your questions there. I do have that inbox pulled up over here. So uh, if you send anything over, we'll try to get to you. Uh, and if we don't get to you this week, we'll get to you next week because this is a weekly show every Wednesday at 11. All right, getting started over here. I wanted to start off with um, something we talked about a week or two ago. I'm not sure exactly when, but got some good feedback on it. Um, we had talked about, um, well, we were talking about kids learning at home, homeschooling. There's a lot of up in the air as far as education is going right now. This isn't strictly in our normal business talk, but people do ask me this, these kinds of things a lot about, um, you know, teaching their kids, uh, especially if they're interested in, in programming and coding, web development, how to get into this field. Um, there's a lot of people, and myself included, who end up working in this field don't necessarily go that traditional path of, you know, just going into college right out of high school there's a lot of self-starters out there or you know people who just sort of learned on the job self-taught type of people um so it's it's kind of a unique industry in that way but after i mentioned that i actually had a couple of people ask me about sort of the flip side of that not for kids but for adults um you know this is a a thriving field people getting into web development getting into programming um and now with this new world that we're in it's more important than ever for things to be online and technology enabled so um you know i only see this going going up and up from here it's going to be a booming industry and we're definitely going to need some more people um with coding proficiencies um, and i also think this is just my my personal opinion that people even in other industries should know a little bit about this stuff at least know enough to be dangerous um maybe you don't 
know how to do real programming, but you kind of understand how websites work. Maybe you have a little HTML or JavaScript understanding or something like that. Any little bit that you have, I think, is going to be very beneficial for you in pretty much whatever industry you happen to work in. So I wanted to throw out a couple of resources for kids and adults to learn this kind of stuff and to get going in web development and programming free and online. So to start off with my best, my favorite hands down resource is Code Academy. That's not Code Academy. There's no A. So it's Code Academy. I don't know why. Um, but I'll, I'll put a link to it here in the comments, but it's a free programming, um, online programming course, uh, school. I don't know exactly what to call it. Academy, I guess. Uh, but they have tons of different classes on different languages. They've got, um, HTML and basic web programming languages. They've got JavaScript. They've got a uh, Ruby on Rails class. They've got uh, Java. They've got uh, SQL, C, different variations of C. I know they at least have C++. If not, I don't think they've gotten into the Microsoft stack yet. Um, but lots of really great courses there. Um, and they're, they're interactive. So you've got one panel over here where you're typing, and then you've got a panel over here where you can see the output of, of the code that you're creating. Um, and it'll show you like where errors are, underline, underline where maybe you didn't type something exactly right. It'll walk you through stuff and give you real world practical experience with these interactive programming classes. So it's really great for adults and it's also pretty good for kids. Um, I'd say high school or maybe some middle school if the kid's really into it or something like that. But awesome free uh, course and it does give you um, sort of certificates at the end so that you could use that um, if you wanted to actually start working in this field. Uh, another good online resource, this isn't really programming specific, uh, but they have a lot of stuff and that's Udemy. Uh, if you haven't checked them out before, you absolutely should. They've just got a ton of online courses about everything, but they have really good ones on um, basic web programming. They've got uh, full JavaScript courses from beginner all the way up to expert level courses. Um, they have a couple of practical ones. They have a couple that are focused on kids, but most of them I think are, are really more on the adult side of things. Um, let's see, there is a coding camp put out by Skillcrush at skillcrush.com. I can put a link to that in the uh, comments as well. Um, so that's really more of a, um, yeah, it's not really a class. It is a, a boot camp, if you will. So um, it'll last, uh, I, I don't really know how long it is, a couple of days, and it'll just give you a, cer a certain amount of projects and stuff to do every day. Um, past that, there's, of course, MIT OpenCourseWare. That's still out there. They've been putting out free classes for that um, for years now. So lots of really great stuff there. Not a whole lot of really kid-centric stuff, but really awesome stuff, especially if you're wanting to get into actual computer science rather than just web development. Um, Khan Academy is another good resource if you haven't used that. They also have non-programming classes, but they've got a really good... Um, platform there and a lot of free material. Um, W3 Schools is another really good one. Um, that's they, they don't really have courses or classes, 
um, but it's a really good reference. Maybe while you're going through the courses on the other platforms, you can look over at that for a quick definitions. If you forgot the syntax for a particular database query or you know, whatever you're doing, it's a really good, easy way to look stuff up for quick reference. Um, honestly, I'll still use some of that stuff if I don't remember exactly the, the, the exact syntax for a particular method or something. Um, and finally, code.org. This is a nonprofit dedicated to teaching everyone how to code. Um, it is a little bit uh, focused on like school age kids, K through 12, um, but they have a whole section for adult learning beyond K through 12 classes. Um, so if you go there and you see a bunch of like kid focused stuff, don't be discouraged. They have a whole section for adult learning as well. But I mean, let's be honest, we're all anyone looking at this stuff and really listening to me here is a beginner anyway. So you might as well go through some of those courses, but there may be a couple of references there that are making it clearly focused on sort of that K through 12 school age group. Um, so I'll put links to all that in the comments here at the end of the show. If you have any questions on any of those resources or you've been thinking about maybe learning a little bit about the technical side of things for just for yourself or for your business, or maybe you're looking at a career change and you're wanting to get over into web development, software development, into computer science or data analytics or something like that. Um, I've got plenty of resources, plenty of knowledge on that. So uh, let me know, throw something in the comments over here if you're interested and you wanna hear more about that. Um, otherwise, I'll just, I'll throw these links in the comments down here at the end of the show. Mike, did you have anything on that? You want to throw in there or do you want to move on to the next topic? Oh, I always have at least two cents to throw <laughs> on the pile. You know that, Miles. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I just wanted to reiterate your first point that if somebody, even if it's not you, if you being the principal business owner, I feel really strongly that somebody who is higher up in every business needs to have some sort of handle on these things uh, moving forward, whether, like you said, it's just you know, basic website uh, design and maintenance or actually learning how to do full stack coding. Uh, it's, it's just, it's, it's just essential. You know, it's not, uh, it's not an option anymore. And, uh, and, and I certainly think that uh, kids uh, should have some sort of knowledge, some sort of experience in this uh, before they get out into the workforce, because it's just going to be a skill that's not going to diminish in terms of demand. Now, of course, it will, unfortunately for you, Miles, to probably diminish in terms of reward. Um, you know, it's it's not going to be a, uh, a super, you know, niche, uh, you know, very rare skill set in the future. Uh, it's going to be like like a plumber, you know, it's going to be like, you know, as many people know how to fix the sink, you're going to know how to do some sort of coding in the future. So uh, while maybe you, you don't jump into it because this is going to be a get rich you know, you know, scheme for you, so to speak. You need to have this knowledge uh, if you're a young person entering the workplace because it's going to be expected, you know, that you have some sort of level of this uh, when you do enter the workplace here in the next few years, if not already today. So that's why I would say, uh, you know, take this seriously as a, as a business person, but also take it seriously uh, as a parent. And uh, yeah, Miles, I think it's a good topic. You know, there's so many parents out there right now that are scrambling for something 
to do educational to either supplement what's going to happen uh, in the schools or not happen in the schools uh, this fall or uh, I know a lot of people who are I'm say a lot I know some people who uh, are going full homeschool uh, because mm-hmm. of all this and uh, they're out there looking for curriculum and, and looking for other parents and people like that uh, to kind of help uh, along the way you know share some of the load of doing uh, homeschool work for, for for parents that are now working from home so yeah it's a very timely topic very interesting and something that people shouldn't really, uh, just casually overlook and i'll take it one step further um than the the plumber analogy and say that this is really going to be i think in the future and maybe this is just my own bias in the field but i think it's going to be something more just like basic literacy uh where this is going to become a standard part of school curriculums just like reading writing math and then you get some level of of programming i don't know exactly how that's going to look um, but I think it's a really good tool to, um, even if you're not going to go into it as uh, as a job, that's not going to be your career. It's a good way to teach a particular type of thinking. It's like doing logic puzzles um, or you know, really exercising that critical thinking muscle in your brain. So I think uh, for, for multiple reasons, this is going to be an important um, part of every standard curriculum in the next few years just because it is a very useful piece of information to have for for your job and just practically moving into the workforce but also it just it, it makes you better at thinking about things i think and uh, can be a really good tool for learning other critical thinking skills so i only see this going up and up from here um here there are some great resources here in this link these links i'm going to put out here uh, to get your kids started or to get yourself started if you want to learn about some of this stuff. Yeah, good point. All right. Well, um, I think we're going to move on to uh, another sort of callback to a previous episode. We talked a little bit about um, starting businesses, uh, starting online businesses. We've seen a, sort of a trend recently of people either you know starting side hustles or pivoting their business to be more of an online business or starting their own business and focusing on the, um, you know, the online side of their business. Uh, lots of, of new business routes being pushed in this online business sector. Um, so we answered a couple of questions over there, but there was one side that we, we kind of didn't really touch on. And, you know, we're not just a technology company. We are a, a marketing agency as well. So I kind of wanted to turn it over to you for a little bit uh, to talk a little bit more about the sales and marketing side of things. Specifically, the question we got in was, what's the best way to set a sales goal for a new business? Okay. Yeah. So we get this question a lot. <laughs> you know, it's, comes up every single time we work with somebody who's, who's getting a business off the ground. Uh, so it, it's, you know, unfortunately, it's the hardest thing to do, uh, you know, starting a new business, getting it off the ground and coming up with realistic expectations, um, you know, because you don't have anything to, to fall back on data wise. You don't have uh, last month, last quarter, last year to look back and say, well, we did this. You know, you don't have any benchmarks. Uh, so to speak. And so it's a little bit of a dangerous situation because people are obviously really excited. There's a lot of energy happening uh, when you start a new business. And sometimes you can put uh, you know, too much expectations on, uh, on results too quickly. 
and it can lead to some shortcuts and things like that in the process that are basically unhealthy uh, for the health of your business. So it's, it's, it's definitely something uh, you want to get a handle on. And I know we've covered uh, CAC and LTV before on the show in, in, in some sort of you know, detail. I don't know if it was extensive or not, but uh, you know, basically those are the two most important things that we have to figure out as soon as we can once we start selling a product or service. And CAC is, uh, is acronym CAC, cost of acquisition, uh, and then uh, LTV, lifetime value of a customer. So we have to know what is it going to cost us in order to get a customer, and then what is that customer worth to us over the cycle of them being a customer with us. And once we understand those two things, then we can really set some goals uh, and, and things like that that we can really hold ourselves accountable to. Uh, but at first, we want to start with something. We want to start with some sort of a projection. And I was actually working with this uh, on this with a client the other day, and you know they, understandably so, you know, we're really excited about selling a lot of products out of the gate. Uh, but you know, we didn't have an unlimited budget coming out of the gate. You know, so we had to work within the parameters of the budget, and we had to set a realistic projection in order to do that. And the client first said, well, I want to sell 50, you know, let's call them widgets. You know, I want to sell 50 widgets, you know, and, you know, I, I was, I wouldn't say pushing back, but I was kind of explaining, okay, you know, we have to figure out if that's a realistic number or not. And, and they just point like asked me, say, why, why, why can't we just say it's 50, you know? And I had to stop for a second. I had to think, oh God, okay. <laughs> I mean, I guess I do understand where they're coming from. Uh, you know, why can't I just, put a number attached to it and go out and get it. Well, here, here's the answer to that. And, and I'll, I'll caveat this with, you know, we're talking about a non-perishable widget here. We're talking about you know a product that can sit on a shelf for a while. If you have a perishable product, if you have uh, an orange or something like that, it's gonna you know, uh, go past its expiration date in a few days. Well, then this is a completely different discussion. Uh, but most of us aren't working with uh, perishable commodities. So in, in the non-perishable world, uh, you can sell things too quickly, you know, and you can drive up your cost of acquisition too high out of the gate and sell those 50 and then not have anything left over to sell the next 500, right? You, you know, so you want to preserve your margins at all costs. And that's why time is, you know, is the great equalizer here. And you know, if I can sell those 50 units over two or three weeks and keep my margins intact, that's better for the health of the business than selling it in three days, blowing out my margins, and you know, I'm back to square one. Now, again, if you have cash reserves and you know, you know, a lot of cash on hand, then maybe that's a different discussion. Maybe you can get away with selling the 50 at cost just to get them out of the gate, just to get people talking about them. Hell, maybe you give away 50. Okay. But most businesses are not in that position, uh, especially a very small business that's starting now in the e-commerce space is they have to make all those dollars work for them. They have to uh, actually get a return of some sort on that investment in order to keep buying more products, keep advertising, you know, hire help, et cetera, et cetera. So what, we just, so what we did was we went through the process of basically taking that margin and coming up with an amount that we wanted to keep as a goal for that margin and then reverse engineering it back from there. So it didn't become how many units do we want to sell in the next two weeks or month. It became what margin do we want to keep, you know, 
on these units over the next two weeks, three months. And based off of that, what is a realistic expectation that we could sell them? Now, funny story, it actually ended up being 50 <laughs> once we did the math, is that um, if she sold 50 units uh, over, over the course of the next month, she would get 100% of her money that she invested in the campaign back and be able to reinvest that into uh, more merchandise. So I don't know how that ended up uh, actually coming coming true, but it uh, it occurred to me that not a lot of business people, and especially I think not a lot of uh, young entrepreneur people, uh, take the time to really understand that formula, and that there is a scientific way in order to calculate this, and not let's hey let's just go out and and sell all we can at any cost, uh, because that is going to you know as I said lead to long term unhealthy. Uh, metrics that you're going to find in your business when you turn around in two weeks, 30 days, 60 days, whatever it is, and you're out of inventory and you've only broken even, you know, or maybe even lost money on selling that inventory because your costs were out of control. So, uh, like, and, and, and the other thing to keep in mind too here is that, you know, the first 50, the first 5,000, you know, whatever it is, those are going to be the hardest ones to sell. So, you know, you, you have to be willing to take some sort of risk, to take some sort of a gamble and, and, and lose some of those margins in order to get it, in order to get those units out the door, because that's going to be reviews for you. That's going to be return customers, which is potential upsells. It's going to be word of mouth advertising. So, you know, you obviously take this with a grain of salt and you have to adapt it to what situation you're in. But for most businesses coming out of the gates, they really, really need to pay attention to keeping that cost of acquisition as low as it can be, preserving their margins until they're able to get a formula in place for what is a good cost of acquisition, what is my lifetime value, and then create some real sales goals and uh, off of that. Yeah, it's kind of a <laughs> recurring message that I'm, I'm hearing for a lot of these answers that you know there are these kind of vanity metrics out there of you know, number of clicks or really products sold or something like that. And oftentimes the answer is finding, you know, the real metric that you want to be looking for in this situation. You know, you want to be looking at your margin rather than the actual product and just just pushing that out as fast as possible. Once you find that, uh, once you find the right metric and you're looking at the right number, then oftentimes you can, you know, plug that into a formula and reverse engineer the rest of the process from from that real measurable um, metric, whatever it is that, that makes sense right there. But the, the trick is finding what what is real, what is really impactful for your business, and what is just that that vanity metric that maybe it yeah. isn't as practical to use in these kinds of calculations. Yeah, that's that's a good point, Miles. I'm glad you brought that 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 term up vanity metric because uh, it does, it does get you know thrown around a lot, but it is very important. Uh, you know, I always say, you know, it's, it's a shorthand for what I, I really believe. Uh, but it's true. You know, it's the only, the only vanity metric or the only metric that matters is sales, right? You know, and I say that shorthand because as I just explained, it's actually even a little bit more detailed than that or a lot more detailed than that. You want the right sales at the right rate with the right cost to get those sales and the right value of the customer in return. Uh, but yeah, so many people get caught up on impressions, reach, clicks, 
which is all a bunch of BS if you're not making sales. Uh, and that, again, that doesn't mean that you can't uh, glean useful information from that because you can. You, know, you can figure out why you're not making sales or how you can make more sales you know, based on, on some of those vanity metrics. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's definitely not where you should be putting most of your attention. And it's certainly not where you should be basing any of your goals upon, you know, goals should be based upon sales and, and then reverse engineer from that. So then, okay, how many, how many leads do I need to get a sale? How many, you know, how much marketing dollars do I need to get a lead, et cetera, et cetera, and work back from that. And eventually you can get to, well, this is how many clicks I need in order to get somebody to a landing page, in order to get somebody to fill out a form, in order to get a presentation, in order to sell to them, in order to get a sale, right? Uh, but so many people start at the other end of that equation and work forward instead of starting with the sale and working backwards. So, yeah, I'll throw two things in there just on the the data analytics side of things. Um, one is that you know upfront, especially when we're talking about starting a new business or even just I don't know starting a new campaign or a new product or service or something, you've got something new out there and you don't necessarily have all those equations nailed down yet. The more information, the better at those at, at that point, because maybe you don't want to focus on some of the wrong data, and you know you want to make sure that you're looking at the right thing when when making calculations and projections. But you never know what information is going to be useful for you later. So if there is anything that you can do to find real, measurable, accurate emphasis on accurate data on whatever new thing you're trying to do, I say go ahead and collect that, organize that properly, so that you can use it later especially if you're working in the the tech space you're doing some sort of digital marketing or something where there's a lot of measurable metrics there's tons of data out there it's easy to get distracted by all of it but that doesn't mean you know don't look at those things and don't measure those things go ahead and collect any data that you can because you never know what's going to be useful for you later and then kind of dovetailing onto that is you know go ahead and collect everything but you shouldn't be looking at it every minute of every day a lot of what we're talking about here when you're talking about marketing campaigns or seo campaigns or sales campaigns something like that um, you really need to look at things in the long term which means looking at long-term trends not necessarily the day-to-day -day numbers uh, it's a little it's easy to get caught up in um, where we are today where we are at this moment but those numbers aren't necessarily real compared to your day over day, week over week, month over month trends that you can see um, out of that data. Mm -hmm. So I'd say those those long term trends are much more important than you know going in there and just watching this stuff like a hawk and seeing those data points every minute of every day. You're just not going to get the whole picture that way. Very true. Okay. Well. Uh, I think we kind of hit that. Uh, so just going to come back here a little bit for anyone that's just joining us or maybe watching this later. Uh, this is Ask Wildman, a live Q&A show we put on every Wednesday at 11. Uh, we being Wildman Web Solutions, a digital agency based here in Lawrence, Kansas. Um, we're here to answer any and all questions you guys want to put up here. Throw your questions in the comments or email us your questions at askwildman at wildmanweb.com. Make sure to follow us, our Facebook page, at WildmanWeb. I'll be putting that up here on the screen. Uh, you can see that for any updates, any other events that we're doing, other speaking stuff that we do. 
Um, <clears throat> but make sure to check in every Wednesday for this live stream. Lots of good material in here. And connect with us yeah. on LinkedIn. Yeah, absolutely. Same handle at WildmanWeb. Um, also, uh, you know, we're we're doing this to educate people and to answer any questions. We think, um, you know, the more information out there, the better. The more people understand about all this stuff, the better. Um, you know, we, we just want to support our community, especially in these hard times. I think it's more and more important for people to understand how to run a business online and, you know, get answers to their questions. So with that in mind, we do have a couple other resources out there for you. Um, on our website, we do have a full articles section, um, wildmanweb.com slash articles, but in that link below as well. Um, this is just a... Uh, a bunch of short, easily digestible articles on the top, the kind of topics that we talk about here. So digital marketing, advertising, design, social media, um, websites, SEO, all that kind of stuff. There's just these quick little articles. They don't go too deep down any of these rabbit holes or anything, but it's a nice sort of um, entry level information to all of these things. Uh, if you want to go there and check out some of those, it will be a good resource for anyone who kind of just wants to dip their toes in the water for uh, on, on one or more of these topics. In addition to that, we have our local business online toolkit. That is, uh, you can find that at wildmanweb.com slash L-B-O-T. Um, that is a toolkit of online um, of tools to run your business online. Uh, so there's tools to help you manage your social media or to analyze your online marketing or to uh, you know get some metrics on an analysis on your website or to manage your online reviews or get more reviews online. So this is just a free toolkit for anyone who wants to use it, free software. Go ahead and check it out at wildmanweb.com slash LBOT. It's a resource put out by Wildman Web Solutions. For free, people. <laughs> All right. So moving on. Giving stuff away. <laughs> um, Trying to make my job. Yep. Yep. That's that's my job. <laughs> my job is to make your job difficult. I thought, I thought that was we were in agreement there. Yeah. <laughs> You're doing a hell of a job. He's right. giving it away for free, people. For free. <laughs> my goodness. Humanitarian, I tell you. Okay, so I wanted to talk a little bit more about e-commerce. I know we had done a episode pretty much entirely on that a couple of weeks ago, but I think we skipped over a couple of things given some of the feedback we got, some of the questions we got on that um, about integrating a business fully into a new e-commerce setup, talking about more uh, real-world integrations. What does a business need to do to fully integrate themselves into an e-commerce solution? Uh, we talked a little bit about, you know, getting yourself set up, uh, getting your website set up for that, marketing for it, different sort of e-commerce platforms. But I think we kind of missed the, you know, integrating that directly into your existing business and maybe what steps would need to be taken to fully integrate your business into uh, your your new e-commerce setup. So um, I know I have a couple of points on that, but Mike, did you want to did you want to take first stab at that one? Yeah, I'll, I'll set the table here for you. Uh, it, I, I want to start this out just just kind of big picture here, uh, just driving home the point that I know that we've, we've been harping on, Miles, but I think it's really, really important. 
And, and that is, you know, this, this period that we're going through right now, you know, whatever we want to call it, you know, COVID, whatever, uh, it's, you know, it's not like a temporary thing. And I don't think every, everybody has like gotten that message quite yet. And it's, it's not like quite home. I think it's, it's going down the road to home, but I don't, I don't know if it's actually parked in the driveway yet that we're not going back. Like, this, this is it. like we're not going to wake up in a couple months and it's going to be like, oh, like it was in February of 2020. And, and so therefore, in your business, these aren't temporary things, you know, going uh, going completely mobile, going completely e-commerce, you know, having an app, having touchless ordering, having curbside pickup, you know, all of these things that businesses have been adapting to over the last few months. They're here to stay. They're here to stay because. It makes it easier for the consumer, and the consumer is always right, and the consumer always wins, right? Because that's what our job is to do: is to serve the consumer. And I was listening to a fascinating interview yesterday with uh, one of the higher ups. I forget what his actual title is, but one of the head honchos at Salesforce. And he made the comment that at Salesforce they've um, <clears throat> been analyzing the situation that's been happening the last five months, and they're uh, analysis is that over the last five months, the rate of which the society has changed from you know the physical world to the virtual world has been the same as what would have happened over the next five years. So in five months, we have already catapulted ahead five years compared to the pace that we were on before COVID hit. That's absolutely phenomenal. And again, it's not a temporary change. It's not like we're going to revert back five years over the next five months. We're just going to keep going, keep going, keep going down this path. And so every single small business, every single medium-sized business, every single large business has got to adapt to this or die. You know, uh, and this shouldn't be a surprise to anybody because, you know, it's been slowly happening for decades, but because it was slowly happening, I think it was easy for people not to get super excited about jumping on board and changing their whole business around, right? It was kind of like, well, we can make a change here. We can make a change there. We can incrementally change. And then COVID happened and, oh, it's no more incremental. It's now light speed, you know, uh, of the rate that change is happening. And so if you're not, you know, making these changes in your business and you're not making them to fully integrate and fully be there for the long haul, you know, man, you, you God bless you, because you're not going to be around very long. You know, uh, over the past 20 years, the S&P 500, half of the businesses in the S&P 500 are, no, are not there anymore. Same thing with the Fortune 500. They're gone. Okay. So they, and a lot of that was due to, you know, uh, the transition. Uh, from the into the digital world, and so that is going to be hyper extended, you know, uh, exponentially uh, capitalized on. And the businesses who are making the changes, the businesses who are already ahead of the game, are going to be the ones who take the place in the new Fortune 500 that'll be happening over the next 10 or 20 years. So that is just that's just my, you know, plea to everybody to really take this serious and why we harp on it so, so much is because it's not, uh, it's not something that's going to happen in the future. 
It's not something that's you know that's gonna uh, go back uh, when things get back to the to normal. It's here to stay, and every single business has got to find ways in order to integrate e-commerce and uh, the virtual world into their business. And what this really boils down to is how much friction can I reduce between my products and services and my customer? And right now, that means you have to be as virtual as possible. And a lot of you are probably thinking, hey, I've been doing pretty good. I have a website, I have a mobile app, I have an e-commerce store. I've done all the things that Mike and Miles talked about, right? I'm fine. No, <laughs> you know, you're maybe a little bit ahead of the game of the person who hasn't, but you know, go and look at what Amazon is doing, okay? You're not doing that. Uh, and that's why they are winning at such a massive scale is because they have pivoted to the customer so hard. I mean, they just spent billions and billions of dollars to go from 48 hours to 24 hours. Why? In terms of delivery for Prime. Why? Because speed wins, because convenience wins. It's what the customer wants, you know? Why do they show you the preferences of things that you've already bought? Because it's gonna make you easier it's good to shop it's gonna make you buy more things right so there's all kinds of things that we can be doing even if we have taken these initial steps uh, to, to further the experience for the customer in the online world to make it even easier and the goal that I want you to keep coming back to when you analyze your business and how you're doing in this is where's the friction is there any way I can reduce that friction get rid of it and make it easier for my clients my customers to do business with me that's all I have. All right. I think that's a, a pretty thorough setting of the table. Um, and you're <laughs> right. We have we have kind of harped on that point over the last couple of weeks, but you know, you can't overemphasize the the importance of that jump. Um, and and just to kind of hit on that again, that jump forward isn't just you know, it's not just if you're looking at the graph as far as progress here, um, we're not just going up with a straight, steady line here. This is a logarithmic scale. So the fact that we jump forward five years is a lot bigger jump than, you know, maybe someone might realize if they're just looking at this in, in a straight line. Because, um, you know, as technology evolves, we really, um, it allows the next step to evolve even faster than the previous one. So every step is bigger than the last um, by orders of magnitude sometimes. So I think that this is one of those major jumps that kind of got pushed pushed on us. Um, so talking specifically about e-commerce now, um, I wanted to hit on a couple of points, a couple of things that I think that businesses need to think about um, when shifting into the e-commerce route, uh, into the e-commerce world. Um, that maybe maybe isn't top of mind. Of course, you want to look at getting your website put together and getting that uh, ready to go. You want to get some sort of um, e-commerce platform to sell your products, accept payments, uh, maybe handle some taxes and shipping calculations and stuff like that. Um, and overall, you want to make that as easy as possible for the customer, but you also have to make it easy for you and, and for your business to process those orders to fulfill on everything. Um, every wasted moment there is either profit that you're not getting or cost passed along to your customer. Um, so either way, that's, that's a downside. So right at the very beginning, when you're looking at shifting over into e-commerce or starting an e-commerce business, um, I think that it's important to look at your payment processor 
and make sure that you have a good payment processor, either have a, uh, a modern online payment processor account, something like uh, Square or Stripe or PayPal or something like that already set up and ready to go. Um, or if you have a, uh, a processor, what would you call it, like an account with authorized.net or some other kind of, of processor to give you some better credit card rates. Um, there's really not much of a difference there, but even a tenth of a percentage point when you're talking about massive uh, scale um, really adds up there. So make sure you have that figured out. Um, you know, we've been talking to some companies that don't necessarily have a main, uh, a, a modern point of sale system or a modern uh, processor set up, and so they're having to take that step out of sort of manually taking cash on one of those old school cash registers or something and upgrading to something that can operate alongside their their online business. Um, so I think that's a very important thing to try to tackle first or at least understand that you're going to have to tackle that in parallel with setting up your online store. You need a way to take payment um, and uh, you know, keep track of all of your products, keep track of your sales, keep track of your inventory. And the best way to do that is to um, set up or upgrade to a modern point of sale system and payment processor. Yeah, that's huge. Being able to take payment remotely and mobily. It's, can't, can't overemphasize that enough. It's, uh, it's too, too big, too big, you know, the, I know. And it's, <laughs> I gotta just drive it home though. Because to most people, it seems so simple. It's like, well, am I really going to lose that many customers if they have to call and they have to give a credit card over the phone? Yes, yes, you are. You're going to lose a lot of customers. And, and it's, it's, it's something that five years ago, people would have said, you're crazy, right? I'm like, you're, you're crazy. I don't need that. No, it's you will lose customers every single day, every single day, if you do not integrate an easy way Boom, 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 touch. That's it. And then I put my car in once and it remembers it for all time and I can go back and I can hit one button and it's done. And, you know, it saves the customer, what, 30 seconds to a minute? But to them, it's gold. And it's just, it's the world we live in now and it's never going back. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, no, 30 seconds to a minute at most. I mean, we're talking about tiny yeah. fractions of, of time here where, you know, if you can bring your your um, your online buying process from five steps to four steps, you'd be surprised to see how much that really impacts um, your total sales numbers. Like it's there's some crazy numbers in there, especially if you're doing any kind of large volume of online sales. Just taking mm -hmm. one extra step out of there and making them jump through one less hoop, and that's going to like immediately demonstrably affect your bottom line. Yep. And then also, no, I don't want to make light of the other side of this either. It has to be easier for your customers to buy everything, but it also has to be easy for you to be able to fulfill on everything. Because like I said, if it's not easy for you, if it's this crazy roundabout way of taking orders online, even if it's super easy for your customers, every extra second, every extra minute that you put towards, um, you know, being able to fulfill on this stuff is either eating into into your profits or it's a cost that you're passing on to your customer. So that needs to be 
uh, well, for your sales, it needs to be easy for you, but also just for your sanity. I know a lot of people that are just jumping from zero to 60 on this, and we need to set this up in a way that's easy for them as well. Otherwise, you're just going to lose your mind trying to shift your business yeah. like this. Um, that's, you don't make it easy for yourself, too. That's an excellent point, Miles. I'm glad you brought that up because I think that's the other thing that businesses, they get, okay, they're like, okay, I'm going to focus on the customer. I'm going to focus on the customer. But then they don't focus on the back end side of the customer. It's only the front facing side of the customer. And you've and here's another plug for Salesforce, I guess. You know, you've got that's why you got to have a great customer management system. You know, and, and you've got to have your back end just as tight as your front end in order to fulfill on those on those promises uh, that you made to the customer. And and that's even extremely hard in today's environment with all the supply chain issues that we have, you know, so you have to have a great way to manage that on the back end as well. So you're not selling something and then there's a huge delay in the customer getting it because that's going to leave, as we all know, to a terrible review on, on Google and Facebook for you. Uh, and, and so that, that is so important. And I'm also glad you used the phrase, you know, jumping through hoops, because I think that's the number one thing that everybody has to analyze in their business is how many hoops am I jumping through? or excuse me, how many hoops am I making my customer jump through and how many of those can I take away? Because that's what the customer really wants. And I don't think we as business owners spend enough time dissecting that and discussing that. You know, we are trying, we're quick to find, uh, oh, well, we can give them an offer, right? We can give them a deal, you know, and, and we're so quick to do that instead of, which costs us money and it's not near as effective as just making it easier for them again cutting the resistance making it easier for them to do business with us i have to give them a discount they love us because we made it easier for them give us give, they actually want that more than the discount you know miles if we were sitting together and i and i said hey miles do you want this five dollar bill of course you take it right you'd be like sure five bucks okay if i went a mile down the road and hid it in a bush and I came back and I said, Miles, would you like to go? I have five dollars in the bush down a mile down the road. It's yours if you go get it. You're probably gonna think, through that, man, I'm busy. Right? You're not gonna jump through all those hoops that were five dollars. But that's what all these questions bushes. Right, right. And to me, that's when somebody says, Hey, do you want five, ten percent off if you jump through all these hoops and buy something from me? No, get out of here. I don't want that. If I want the product, I just want it as easy as I can possibly get it. I don't care about saving five bucks. I want it easy. I want it quickly. I want it now, right? So just such key stuff uh, that I hope people are taking to heart as, as they're um, thinking about how they're going to improve their business for 2020 and beyond. Yeah, maybe uh, no, that's, that's good. Good information. Um, and maybe next week we can talk a little bit more about sort of the back end side of things and automating some of these things, um, taking care of customer relations, CRMs, communications, transparency, and trying to make that um, that process easy for the business side. Um, as well as for the customers, of course, because, you know, making it easier for you is in turn going to make things, uh, make that experience better for the customers. Uh, but we do have a hard stop coming up here at noon. So I want to try to wrap up this show uh, here today. Um, thanks for everyone tuning in on this. We will be back next Wednesday at 11 to answer your questions. 
this is Ask Wildman for anyone just jumping in here. Um, so it's a Q&A show. Um, we answer your questions about technology, business, marketing, advertising, anything else you wanted to throw in there. Um, and you can email us your questions um, at askwildman at wildmanweb.com. Throw in that address right here below me. And it has been scrolling below us right here in that, uh, in that crawler the whole time. But go ahead and send your emails over, uh, send your questions over to that email and we'll try to get to them next Wednesday at 11 on Ask Wildman. Mike, thank you very much. My pleasure as always, Miles. And we'll see him again next week. All right. Thank you, everyone. We'll see you next Wednesday at 11. Thanks for listening to Ask Wildman. Send us a question for next week's show at askwildman at wildmanweb.com. <laughs>